0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pakistonomy. My name is Uzair Yunus and if you've been following this podcast, actually, we're talking about this in Urdu, so if you're focusing on this podcast a lot of time, then you have heard of the coronavirus impact, its economic repercussions, and many of you will hear about it. But in this case, there's a lot of data. And recently, there's a lot of data coming, so we have to understand is pandemic key or just logon per households per handano per Pakistan? Megal guzri. Though Aja Misbari may bath karinga, Mirisad Mahar Eman, who is a data analytics expert. She has a decade of experience um, looking at data, analyzing data, and an analytics wing be set up at SERP, which is a leading uh, economic policy institute. Um, Lums may be parati hair, or currently would director hair data led policy reforms. पे. At the Mebu Haq Research Center at Lums. Um, so she is an expert and we will use her expertise today um, to understand the coronavirus ke economic impact. So Maha to welcome to Pakistanami and thank you for taking out the time. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the wonderful conversation we've been putting
1: up.
0: Thank you. So let's start in with um, economic impact of the first wave of coronavirus. Obviously, आजकल एक और wave in में चल रही wave um, शुरू last March, April में के दौरान, और उस वक्त pakistan में भी काफी debate हुआ lockdown कर देना चाहिए नहीं कर देना End थोड़े lockdown हुआ, और economy, एक, जो है काफी उसमें नज़र आया हमें um uh, साथ sath sath pakistan ke andar to listeners ko pehle aap कि आपने जो data assess है, analyze है uske मुताबिक impact hua covid-19 ki wave or lockdowns ka pakistan ki maishat aur ख़ुश pakistan ki शहरियों के um, thank you so much that's an
1: excellent question i think i'm going to start off with different sources of data so immediately in the first wave or second wave, when I was data, I was trade bank, exports, imports, imports, large scale manufacturing, um, remittances. When you saw those indicators in the first wave, dekha, that wasn't painting a very good picture. But then that identified a need that we looked at a national representative survey that we knew that the average income in the country has impacted by the average income. And the unemployment rate of unemployment has impacted by impact different organizations and service bhi kiye, different strategies, different predictions, लेकिन us वक्त ज़रूरत फिर हुई अभी-ती और consistentली हम data collect that we हमें ये पता लगे कि जो मुल्क में क्या impact हुआ है और उसने उसपे किस तरह recover किया है ताकि हम policies की complete lockdown karna hai, smart lockdown करना है, इस sector को support करना है, where program, so data critical of that. So I would uh, give credit to PBS, which conducted a very large exercise. About 23,000 uh, people And this is a nationally representative survey. So whatever my conclusions speak for Pakistan they can confidently tell that these are the numbers and this impact hua. So sabse pehle, let's start with the overall basic numbers. we have learned that the average income, is 42%, hume, uh, decrease in first wave. In 42%, we have decrease in the first wave. अब उसके अंदर लॉकडाउन की वजह से भी इंपैक्ट हो रहा था लोगों की जॉब्स यानी कुछ लोग जो एम्प्लॉयड थे उनकी इनकम कम हो गई थी बहुत सारे लोगों को फोर्स लीव से भेज दिया गया था तो इस सारी डिफरेंट बहुत अच्छे तरीके से सर्वे में कैप्चर और फिर जब आप इनकम का इंपैक्ट First wave in the first rate है 34%. Therefore, our unemployment rate during the first wave as compared to the pre-pandemic point. Now, I will clarify that the data of the survey has two points. 1 January to March, which I will in this conversation, pre-pandemic period, that time April, July, and July. First wave, and smart lockdown, and complete lockdown. We collect data in October and November. We have to accept the recovery of the recovery of the recovery of the the recovery of 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 so, October, and my numbers pick up, in November, and in December, the um So, PBS credit, this was not a phone survey, the rest of the surveys that have been done in the country have been done over the phone. This was an in person survey. And so, this impact is 42% income, and 34% unemployment rate. This is a significant impact um and it is को जब break down karte hain aur hum ye dekhte hain ki different differential impact So paas urban areas mein shaharon has iska impact income this is 49% yani 49% and the unemployment rate is 42% 42% so, you, you have people who um agriculture pe kar rahe and those who are not working on the farm, which are non-farm job, uh, farm jobs. So, you can see that you farm income impact. When agriculture produce a lot of demand in the country, and you have to export karna bhi kiya tha. um, so that is an entire debate, have to export, uh, demand hoti bhi hai, export kar hai, and then that that, that has a differential impact on prices lekin aapki jo farm ke income hai us impact hua hai, unemployment rate pe sirf 4% engage in non farm uh, activities mein jo log hai, decrease hai, 47% decrease 47% And unemployment 38% 38% decrease and so these headlines, it did not make headlines, because this people not We have numbers, but the policy very important because a lot of the policymakers and economists kept saying it's an urban shock, urban shock, urban shock. But what about the non-farm people who are employed uh, in our villages? They also faced a very significant shock. Um, and so uh, these distinction is very important. Uh, and then that gives you an even detailed picture and then yeah. how are people So
0: this- sorry to interrupt here categories <laughs> interesting non farm rural decline 47% 38% unemployment but with that, there is no such impact the farm. So are there any causes of why in the rural economy, where farm
1: So that is a very good question. Um, I mean, in uh, the demand people, for example, वहां पे रीड़ी लगा रहे हैं उस तरह नहीं लगा रहे तो जो आपके पास इंटीरियर प्लंबर्स हैं उस तरह वहां काम नहीं कर तो स्कूल तो आपके वहां बंद हो गए थे तो जो सारी एक्टिविटीज जो डिफरेंट बाकी डिफरेंट इस तरह की में लोग एम्प्लॉयड थे वो सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग की वजह से और um, and there was a brief period, but then uh, the transport was again operational. But the uh, when the jobs came, the demand was not picked up. And the uh, demand was picked up because the income shock Now, it's a dual First, was a shock. If you have a demand shock, you have a supply, you have a demand, you have supply. This is cyclical and a dual shock. Um, so, one thing leads to another and then another. Um, now, they were responding by lowering the quantity and the quality of food that they were consuming. They were cutting back on their non-food expenditure. Um, they were also running down their savings and doing a distress. You also Joe numbers have a, a distress sale of assets. That's about 47%. And so because people were responding in these various ways to the, uh, the pandemic, so that leads to a cyclical shock that then keeps repeating and impacting the economy and different sectors differentially. Um, uh, now this is a huge significant impact, um, numbers should really significantly worry the policy. Baad, dekha ki, once the numbers started going down, August, May, September, May, and life um, that was again, pehle, b- when the numbers increased, and then it that's again a puzzling number ke, why did the numbers started going down, and then from July leke, October tak a e, respite uh, usme and, and the transport picked up and the activity picked up. Uh, uske ye dekha the, economic activity does pick up. Um, so things do start going back to normal, which is a very, very healthy sign. So this was a V-shaped economic recovery. Like in once you look at the numbers in October and November, to aapko ye de, uh, what you look at is ke, while the recovery has happened, the recovery until then was incomplete. So your income was still 5.5% below the level that it was in January and March. So the January and March compared to so income 5.5% uh, Your unemployment percentage was also significantly lower. So and when you translate an unemployment percentage into numbers, that means that 3 million people were unable to recover their job. Now that's a number just to contextualize that number eight million jobs are we produce currently we will be good and we will be able to keep pace with the economy. but here you have three million people who are unable to recover their jobs and it's not only the fact that these are the number of people who are unable who so were employed they were earning significantly less than they were frequently. And so, this also has important policy implications. But in this case, I will highlight that this data, because it was collected in October and November, so after that, we have locked lockdown, the second wave and now the third wave, that impact is not captured. So it's also possible that this recovery was reversed. It's also possible that uh, different that has a differential impact in these numbers, that's not being captured. And so there is a need for us to be measuring this consistently, not just as a one-time thing, uh, because this has important policy implications for SAs, for your sectors, physical support, they need aware who really should be receiving that support. This um, survey also has excellent data on what was the amount of benefit, who received that benefit, whether that benefit was dispersed through a SAS or that benefit was dispersed through some private sources. Um, now, this was something that's very surprising for me. We often um, talk about and hail the efforts of the SaaS program, but uh, especially in urban areas, the amount of private benefit was also considerable. Um, there were private businesses and individuals and philanthropists who were giving money where there had been an income loss or a job. Uh, and uske and when we look into an uh, overall number so if you proportions, ki baat rehin, to, 60% of the households are individual level, pe baat te, household level. Pe baat so out of the people who were interviewed, SAT percent experienced a loss of income in some sense. But the number of the households that received the benefits was only 20%. So while the benefits were well-targeted, um, uh, they were well-targeted areas, rural they were well-targeted, but the coverage was a lot less than it should have been. Um, that were not able to receive the money uh, that they should have received. when you go back to the sas and what was the amount of money that was allocated, how much then you talk about, ketchup. Um, the um, the fund amount, the total money allocated to the fund was not enough to begin with, and then you go into um, the debate of we need to revise the fiscal contract. How do we generate money for this? Because I guess sixty percent fees are experiencing an income loss, or instead of these fees that usne se benefit, unko mil So that's a considerable difference. Uh, just that needs to be covered up. And so this, I think, has important implications for the SAS program. But I would want to say that the SAS program has done an excellent job. It is well targeted. loss proportion of benefits amount a So the government needs to allocate more money to this program. We need to scale up this program. We are not doing enough. Uh, and that's an important policy implication. The second important policy implication out of this analysis is that okay, um, the jobs are not recovered, when uh, you have protection to employers and to self-employed people, then you need to somehow target that relief to jobs. Okay, if this is the form of relief that we're giving to employers, they will guarantee an X number of jobs in the next couple of months. So the social protection program needs to be targeted to employers ko ja hai, to jobs in some way, because if left to the market forces, it's increasing structural unemployment. Um, jo market equilibrium hai, uh, the market is settled equilibrium of lower average income and increase unemployment. So you cannot leave this to the market forces. You cannot not intervene. You have to intervene, you have to intervene in a data-driven way, and you have to um, allocate more money to the program and keep collecting this data so that you can actually reach the people who need that amount. I'm just going to get a lot of other nuances that I can talk about, but I'll also make one more point. One um, misnomer yes, the informal sector was impacted, but that's the only thing we talk about. A lot of people who are self-employed, and a lot of employers were also impacted and so yes the informal sector was impacted but it's the people who were self-employed and the employers in various categories they also experienced a loss of income so i feel like um excellent source of data that was collected by pbs important policy implications
0: but aap detail mein kaafi sari इस काफी सारी मेरे खुद के सवाल हैं पहले तो आ जाते हैं 3 मिलियन जॉब्स जो नहीं आई वापसी मयशर में हम तो टीवी पे सुन रहे थे चाहे वो कमरान खान हो चाहे حکومتی وزراء हो चाहे कोई यूरो के इकॉनमी मयशर जो है वो बड़ी तेजी से रिकवर कर रही है हालांकि स्टेट बैंक के अपने डाटा के मुताबिक भी इकोनॉमिक रिकवरी हुई लेकिन जॉब्स आपस नहीं आई लेकिन ये कहना कि जैसे पहले कुछ महीनों पहले बाद में या कहीं और जो है वो फैक्ट्री वर्कर्स को आ, वर्कर्स नहीं मिल रहे वो एक अलग 30 लाख लोग पाकिस्तान में आप जो डाटा जब कलेक्ट किया गया उस वक्त नौकरी की तलाश उनको नहीं मिली और उसकी दूसरी एप्लीकेशन जो आपने कही के यू you नो know, हमें जो सपोर्ट को जो जा है, उसको um sales revenue growth honi lag gayi lekin naukriyan wapis abhi tak nahi aayi aur um impact ho sakta hai gehra is pakistan consumption pe agar structurally deal structural unemployment <laughs> <laughs> who structurally
1: a drag uske upar padega kya ye cana theek hoga haan ji i will uh, want to highlight ki jo data hai ye october november ki baat kar raha hai to uske baad humne second wave mein november aur december mein uska impact ki capture din it's possible that this number has increased and then the third wave has had an even bigger impact uh, not only in terms of the number of people who may have been out of the workplace but there is a much larger number of people who are now in hospitals. Uh, first wave, we had even 3,000, 300 at one point critically ill. So, in terms of those who were affected. In for the third wave, we are at 4,200, almost, um, and with a 5,000 daily increase in cases, we are at a much worse position than we were in the first wave. This may have totally changed this number, added to it, um, and, and slowed down the recovery. So, this impact is captured. IMF and all other international organizations are talking about a vaccine drive led recovery and a vaccine drive led growth. Um because that has going, going to have significant impacts as to which economy does how um in the coming future. And so IMF projected numbers and the Pakistan growth for Istal or Aglistal predicts that's much less than the growth that they're predicting for India, Bangladesh and other countries, in spite of the fact that India is now experiencing a much worse wave. Um, third wave uh, and so it uh, this is because of the fact that um Joe just the, just structural reasons that we have not addressed that um our, the, the pandemic has added to that and our ability to respond to that quickly um i mean uh, there is not confidence on that in the international market um and then just numbers uh, revised in January, October which released, January May, or um, And there has been a considerable difference in those numbers uh, for Pakistan and for India. For India they have revised their projections and now they're um, uh, projecting a much faster growth for India in spite of uh, what pandemic did to the country. I think last uh, last um, year their uh, growth experienced a much bigger dip than it did for Pakistan. And so this is something we really need to be concerned about. What are the underlying causes? How do we address that? How do we create new programs? So while we talk of these problems, I think we should also look at these from an opportunity lens. We are given that there's an urgency and everyone's talking about it. This is an opportunity for us to deal with these effectively. Um, And we cannot let this window go by. Uh, in terms of okay, what do we do with the social protection program how do we address structural unemployment in the country um how do we set up better health systems because mm-hmm. pakistan major impact increased mortality and death rates in in iran after impact after when your hospitals <laughs> start filling up and then you don't have capacity you run out of oxygen ventilators <laughs> hospital beds which the numbers are not looking good as wild third wave is concerned right now so Ooh, take this as an opportunity to address these structural problems. Ask yourselves what is exacerbating the problem right now? What is the underlying cause? All too often, we are just treating the symptoms of the problem. Uh, okay, this is a problem. Let's just treat the symptom. And then the problem resurfaces two or three months later with an increased vengeance. Um, and so, it's about time that we use the data. Yes, we have a data led Focus, credit to the government, and that, they collected a lot of data. They're using the data much better now than they were a year ago, Um, at at least as far as the health indicators are concerned. Um, They're tracking better indicators. They're also reviewing them on a daily basis. Search capacity on a build PVA. They move resources where there is a need. So keep building on that. Use this as an opportunity. Build on that momentum. Build better data systems, not only in health, also in social protection, also in economy, what sectors, need your support more what are the sectors that cannot work from home pandemic is not going to be a one-time thing um everyone around the world is predicting that these shocks will now keep coming and the world needs to be better prepared so we not only need to be prepared for a post pandemic economy we need to be prepared for we need to prepare an economy in a way that is resilient to pandemics uh come what may just the happy health system happy Local vaccine capacity anya, have been developed in my health system developed and data systems better developed. Uh, whenever there's a pandemic, what is going to be the response for large scale manufacturing? What is going to be the response for small and medium enterprises? What is going to be the response for each one of these sectors in the economy? How are we going to, uh, what is going to be our strategy for creating such time periods? Um, right now, we saw okay, the top five countries that we export to, they were really badly hit, and hence our exports also took it. And so, then we need a strategy for recovery and for a post-pandemic, post-COVID post world, but then we also need a strategy for an uh, economy that will be resilient for pandemics. I think that's very, very critical going forward. And that's only going to happen if we like, have structural problems for addressing okay? Some um, underlying causes for accuracy. Um, that may require a long term approach. We need to take that long term approach. While, of course, you have daily firefighting, go, yeah? that needs to happen. You can't just let go of the daily indicators and say, to him, Yes, the firefighting is going to be there, the daily response is going to be there, but that has to be coupled with a long term approach. Um, and we need to be doing that.
0: So, one thing, if I use analogy, us आता है और जले के बा काफी बिल्डे कीर जाती है तो आपने पहले तो उस रबल को साफ करना है लोगों की जिनकी जान प सकती है वह बच्चे चिन का नुकसान वह उनका नुकसान पूरा किया जा यह ॉटम फायरफाइटंग है लेकिन फिर जवा आप बिल्डिंग वापस बना रहे हैं घर वापस बना रहे हैं तो आपने नई डिजाइन के साथ बनाने है ताकि अगली दफ अगर जजला है तो उतना ज्यादा इंपैक्टना हो जितना पिछली दफा हु डिजाइन फ्लस koi kotai ki materials ke andar wagaira wagaira to do tarah options aur do do strategies use ek strategy obviously aapne shuru mein kaha ke ehsaas program ko badhane ki i fully agree hukumat ne jo roll out kiya ehsaas ka was wonderful i think south asia can andar agar dekha jaye in terms of the magnitude and the speed of the rollout, it was the best response at least in my opinion others may disagree um but the, I looked at the data in India के Bangladesh. It's not a rollout not a rollout in Pakistan. It's not in Pakistan. It's not a rollout in amount It's not a rollout in Pakistan. And I opinion about it. amount do a rollout in Pakistan. in जो गैप के अंदर आए उनको पूरा करने की जरूरत है लेकिन उसके साथ-साथ महंगाई पाकिस्तान में बढ़ती रही मैं इंडिया और पाकिस्तान के नंबर्स कंपेयर कर रहा था कि पेंडेमिक के अंदर फूड इन्फ्लेशन पाकिस्तान के अंदर दो गुना ज्यादा रही इंडिया भारत के मुकाबले में तो इन्फ्लेशन अगर जैसे आपने तो खाना पीना क्यों महंगा pakistan गया पाकिस्तान के अंदर इसकी कोई आपके पास डेटा है कोई एसेसमेंट है कि ये अजीब सी बात है कि फार्मर्स तो अपनी काम करते रहे खाना वो गंदम बनाते रहे लेकिन पाकिस्तान That is one thing that I've been looking at very very closely and iske, um...
1: I think there are multiple reasons that go beyond the pandemic as well. There's mismanagement at various levels. Um, if uh, you just look at the supply chain from the farm all the way up to the markets, to the wholesale markets, uh, and then supply chain how is it being priced at various points? Who is looking at the total produce? Who is looking at the demand, total demand? And then the country total policy making more import export allow can um, that is also totally and completely mismanaged. Export allow pe, because you want to show an increase in the exports, then you realize, oh no, there's been a local shortage, the prices shoot through the roof. And then you're like, okay, let's import it back, a local quality product at a higher price that further damages the prices in the local market.
0: Um, sorry think- for the interruption. Export ke smuggling beyoty right
1: that's true. That's true. That's true. And so I think um, it so um just to increase the export numbers to respond to the media or to give everyone a momentary grief oh, that we have so export, it so so may export. Done. I think you need to look beyond just managing your image in the public. And the policies need to be better managed based on the data. And um Joe to I upar I mean, at least there's seemingly an action. Uh, but the structural problems of the supply chain, who is buying the produce, how is the transportation happening when the rural areas are the main producers. Uh, a couple of, for a couple of months last year, um, the inflation was higher in rural areas. And why is that? Because the produce was being routed to the cities and then was being routed back to the rural um, and so I was also looking into um, the price commodities in various districts and for each commodity as well. Um, and so all that speaks to is policy mismanagement at the district level. There are no local governments. Uh, policy mismanagement at the federal level, at the provincial level. Um, I mean, wheat or sugar people, a the I mean, report. All um, those reports are detail. Many mm-hmm. detail. Um, and but then there are also commodities like potato, tomatoes, onion that the economy needs. Um and export local shortage prices the roof. then you come back and say, oh let's import. import. So it was being imported from destination. So was very poor quality product that was being imported and supplied back to the market. Um, and for weed and other commodities, we've had to import commodities that we've never had to import. Um, and that, I think there's some very interesting work that has also been done um, as to uh, how why the supply chain needs to be managed. The timeliness of these actions is really important. Um, so um, there's Dr. Seher Lam, she Lams, she's done some excellent work on this. Um, and so uh, I think there's also a need to learn from the local work and the local research that's been produced. Um, and then take action on that. It's not that this data is not there. Agricultural produce ka data is collected data is also displayed, available to the public. PBS pe, uh, some numbers are also there uh, If this data is being collected, it's collected on a daily basis. This agricultural land, It's tracking all the time trends Make use of that data. Why are you not using that data? You don't need to send an additional task force or your Tiger force or whatever you call it back to collect more to randomly and rather um, in a very haphazard way collect what you're saying data. You don't need to do that. You already have that. AMISPH, PBS PAH, all the sources are collecting with a lot of detail. Um, my own students have been working on that. Um, and uh, so make use of that data. It's, the fixes are there. It's very easy to do. You need to go beyond just responding to what's being picked up by the media and what's being, uh, what will. Um, uh, I mean, the tiger force. I personally think is a very bad idea. I don't know what they achieved. I don't know what their intended impact was. Um, and so we need to go beyond what our, our, our own whims and wishes and actually look at the policy in a systemic way. What is the problem? What is the data saying about the context of the problem? What is the data saying about um, the underlying cause? Implement a solution, if that solution doesn't work, learn from it and quickly iterate. So you need to act, learn, and then learn and act. So this needs to be an iterative policy cycle and it has to be quick. Um, And um, I think I really don't see any reason why we can't do this. Uh, We just need to have the right people and the right place. And a lot of times, even you know, well-intentioned policy not that fails in its implementation. Um, and so we really need to think through the implementation of all these policies. A uh, couple of years back, I did some work on teacher rationalization and recruitment. So the reason I'm bringing this up because that's a very interesting case. Rationalization policy Pakistan has been made many that you have to post karna hai at locations, not just in Lahore, Khyatjee, but also in districts, further away from the bigger districts. And so we everyone's put all their, um, you know, intellectual in- energies together in crafting excellent policies. You've had experts from World Bank, UNDP, you have local experts, you have local, everyone's put together multiple policies and on paper, they're excellent policies. Um, the reason they failed, is because nobody has thought through the implementation. So I did a very rigorous field exercise throughout Punjab, and I went to a bunch of schools, and I went to district monitoring officers. I met them, I met videos, education district officers. And I said, why don't you have to use this policy? When you have to use this to why don't implement it? So one comment I got was, you know, we don't understand. We don't have to understand the numbers. We don't have to understand the um, that was one uh, uh, one common comment the second common comment i got was from the clerk in the edo's office this is and so i think for every policy you're talking about pandemic response you're talking about inflation we actually also need to see it all the way through and think about the implementation. And where does it falter and why does it falter? You see that I've also done a lot of work with public colleges and public finance. And so I'm sorry, this is going on a tangent, but I think this has important implications. for No, no, it's
0: fine. This is interesting.
1: Yeah, so so we were working with multiple departments and we were working with higher education, um, and agriculture and communication and works and health so each one of these departments has its own political economy which was on its own I mean there can be a much longer discussion on that but just to give you an idea we said let's make the bureaucrats more efficient so budget time release so let's work with the department to get their budgets released on time just budgets time to release payment delayr reward charges double cut and then that cost the exchequer a lot of money. So simple thing, budgets time, to release we will sit down with the department and we'll get the budgets released. Um, humne ka, hai, aap kere, aap budgets apne now that we, we did not realize was going to be a tall ask for a lot of people, especially jo, if the person who's responsible for doing this is the headmaster, uh, is the in charge of the public uh, colleges, is the headmaster, the principal, whoever that person is. Uh, and we have to a budget. Bana ke now their financial literacy, or the financial literacy of the people in their office, was extremely poor. They did to budget. we asked to a workshop. Leke, hain. Uh, Uske we had all the incentives. We in um, to a budget. Because what is it? How is it that they're doing with this? Um, and so I, uh, they had lunch with us. Apparently, they listened to what happened. so we tell this. budget on, government, a photocopy. the budget, X, Y, and Z school. photocopy. Uh, and so so when you actually start, start getting into financial efficiency and money and where is money being lost um, I mean you run into extremely easy to solve problems and um, this is just one of the many things we ran into. Um, and they like, me. hum uh, And then it's all done manually. It's all done on papers. Um all tabulate bhi or karta. submit, do document they can do it, not do 10% you you need something new, you don't need something new, um, that's how they're going to do it. And so, I think, I think my, I, the, based, easy, based on this, go ahead. And so, the easy fixes in the system. And um, that's a mafia. Um, I think the district accounts offices are also a mafia. Uh, they hold on to funds, they don't release funds without a bribe. Uh, everyone is aware of that. That's put as negotiation costs in the national exchequer. Every bill has a percentage that is built into that as a drive for these offices. And so, it requires very simple technological solutions you um, can automate, but you can't it. All they need to do is fill up a performer that gets automated at the head office. They will not be able to do what they're doing right now. Um, and uh, these technological solutions you don't even need to pay. They're out there in the market. Um, and so, you just need to adapt them to your local system. And so we also did that, um, made uh, provided them with some technical solutions. But once you get into why do things work, uh, you need to think about and go all the way down. That's why I'm talking about the supply chain, the implementation. How will it be implemented? Who will implement it? Who will sign off on these documents? Um, who will send X, Y, and Z letter because their entire economy runs on letters. Uh, email, so email we print that thing um, and so when we were working with the government, we had to maintain our own project file. Because the number of times our project file got lost um, in the department was just not coming anymore. Um, and so follow the complete process, think through all the details, and you will be able to figure out why things don't work in Pakistan.
0: I think this was fascinating by the way. When you described it, it in my mind two, three things khud hi ghumne to recently i think business recorder adil article i think kuch mahine interesting si discrepancy nikali punjab ke andar jo hai per kilo price and uski market ya har shehar pakistan bureau of statistics data it was have in an article that it could not happen. How is it feasible that it is a And let's go, if I am able to buy it, then how does it So, the fudging of data, to track trace the impact, to measure it is Because that's a question, right? Is pressure headline inflation numbers and copy-paste percentage core or headline inflation. Um, चीज़ other कि हम और we are going to में in policy conversations but as you have explained with your points that execution or implementation there are many different political economy issues. People have built their own mafias or power centers. to deal with the capacity Pakistan's institutions. If you rebuild it's a very simple thing, right? Like you said, you need to keep the files, photocopies, etc. Now, Wazir Azzam has tweeted that there is a reform act I am forgetting the name of the act. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it on Google. Then I asked for it on Twitter. If anyone shared it senate the website I opened it that Google was printed digital document PDF. it was not being picked up by search engines who could figure out that I am looking for this act. Here is the act on the Senate website. Um, but again, it's like why you printed digital document. You have written it in Microsoft vertical It's PDF directly. So I think these capacity issues are very necessary. Going back to the, uh, the survey and the impact of the pandemic, it's my last question before I let you go. You said that the From your perspective, We don't know impact but we kind of know what things are going so, budget what are your recommendations after analyzing this data, that the government should focus on what things should be not only the top-line impact on people, because of the money, because of the job business, but also the economy will grow sustainably. Because there is an opportunity to agree with you, that crisis is an opportunity. So, what would you recommend in terms of policy actions that they should consider taking?
1: Hmm, 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 hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I think. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, and one that I've also been discussing in a lot of detail with my economics of pandemic class. They all created, a, a pandemic preparedness plans that we went to and forth. And so, um, there's been a lot of thinking going on in that in the policy makers, in the policy circles as well as the economists, etc. And so, I'm going to start over this SAS program. I think this is an excellent program. We need to build upon the opportunity to expand the coverage, update our national social knowledge registry. In the pandemic, you a registry of people that wasn't updated, and that you can't. You don't really need to do that through the traditional sources. Use non-traditional data sources. So, Bangladesh, mobile credit to identify Um So, use call data. Use mobile credit. Use other non-data sources, but triangulate your data. So also going back to your point about other source article, uh, you have multiple data sources. You have the conventional data sources. You have the non-conventional data sources. So use both. Triangulate your data. You don't need to wait for the next census. You have night light data. You have call data records. Use those and make an estimate of the numbers in each district. Um, and are there in systemic ex- efforts doing this underway, make use of that. The second thing is uh, build your data systems now. And then, um, I mean, that's more of a, I mean, in a way, it may also sound as nice but um, the policy really needs to be data. And at the risk of being cliched, it really needs to be data-driven in every sector, whether that's agriculture, if the data is being collected, make use of that. Uh, Only uh, a pandemic of COVID does not need a coordinated um, data center. Every sector of the economy needs a coordinated data center. Um, And so use this opportunity to set those systems up. Use that data, build that capacity. It's very easy to do that. Some of your departments are doing that. Every department can do that. Also use this opportunity to set up your digital infrastructure. Everything cannot be provided by the private sector. You need to set up and enhance your digital infrastructure so that your schools and e- universities and colleges are better prepared to go online. Uh, whenever such an opportunity comes, more and more people can work from home. Uh, more and more organizations can take their operations. Those can the sub private sector make sector. To some extent, this infrastructure has to be subsidized by the government. It has to take on the job of building that infrastructure. Then going on to the most neglected sector, the health sector, now that everyone's attention is on it, uh, we've never really thought about the health system in a way that we're doing right now. So think about the hospitals they see hospitals. Think about your district hospitals. Who are manning those hospitals? How many beds are there? What is the maternal mortality rate in each district? Uh, what facilities are you giving, not just for COVID, but for all across all diseases and to the common man in the country? Not just the elite um, in the districts. And then, of course, the most important thing right now is the vaccine rollout. Abhi uh, to we need to find ways to beef up the supply, increase the uptake, increase the speed. But at the same time, we also need to protect our healthcare workers. Right now, fifteen thousand five hundred healthcare workers to date have been infected, and they're increasingly being infected um, even after. Uh, the vaccine uh, was opened up for the healthcare workers. And so if they're not taking up the vaccine, that needs to be addressed on a priority basis. Um, And the other issues with the healthcare workers not being vaccinated, it is a priority issue. It is having an impact. Um, So that needs to be taken care of. Um, Your SME policy needs to be um, data iterative. Uh, Your policy with a large scale manufacturing sector needs to be. SME policy, the last year, late chapter finalized years the into the year. Um, and you still don't see what is the impact of that policy, how has it played out. Um, and so um, no, we don't only really want to be talking about large scale manufacturing or the sport-oriented industries or the import oriented industries if we are to truly build the domestic productivity. And um, so Atat really stresses this point about domestic productivity. But at the same time, he also talks about human capital development. Um,
0: that is your key to taking your country where it should be. Yeah, I think human capital or SME, I, I think we ignore them a lot. SME, the example, I frequently use now. If okay, you uh, assume that pakistan are 5 million SMEs in Pakistan, and you empower them, and you empower them just so much, that create one job and one other job. So 10 million jobs hai, aapne automatically create. Kar it's a huge impact, right? And it's cross-cutting. It's from... Karachi to khaybar literally right तो हम उसको भूल जाते हैं large scale हैं. and of course human capital I mean Pakistan has a education crisis के आपके अगर youth literacy 60 70 percent about fifty percent for women youth literacy measured as के क्या एक 16 साल का अपना एक sentence लिख सकती है पूरा um, तो bar भी काफी low है high करते हैं तो और बुरे you know, uh, so better I fully agree with you. Before I let you go, this was fascinating, wonderful discussion. Thank you for sharing the data and the analysis that you and the rest of your team have done. Um, I get this question all the time. I try not to forget it. So um, if you could recommend two or three books for our listeners, anything that has deeply influenced you or you think that is a must read, um, would love to hear your thoughts
1: on that. Yeah, so I read all kinds of material, um, but one thing that I recommend a lot to people is because, um, and that is proven very useful for my work um, with the policymakers as well as in um, other settings, is a series of books by Ronny Heifetz. Um, so the Art of uh, Adaptive Leadership, the line of fire. Um, and, and so the three books on adaptive leadership by Ronald Heifetz, I think they're a must read. Um, they focus on and define the concept of adaptive leadership and how you don't need to be, how we don't really, how every problem does not really have a technical solution and you need to be adaptive about it. So you need to find other people who will listen to you. You, everything does not have a technical solution. Technically you no know, idea, but there have to be other ways around it. Um, because I remember once we went to the secretary, one of the secretary's office, our um, company experiment. Because in their world, they, everything that we're doing is perfect. And so in an ecosystem like that, you really need to be adaptive. I really like the work where on the tips, and I think all of us can use that a lot. Um, the second thing I think I think it's important to get inspired early. And so I would also recommend everyone that we engage with the research that's been produced on Pakistan. So Asim Khwaja and his co-authors have an excellent paper on glass walls. That's the work being, that's called I an mean, entitled glass walls being done in southern Punjab. Um, and that has very important implications for women empowerment and other policies in the country. Sahir Indrabi has written an excellent paper Following um, the earthquake that shook Pakistan a couple of years ago, that has important implications for the education sector. And what can we learn from it for COVID? Um, Then, Mushpik, who's at Yale, has done excellent work in this COVID on um, uh, how migration patterns need to be studied and how seasonal poverty needs to be studied. So, in addition to the pandemic, you also need to be aware in South Asia of seasonal poverty and how that. And then of course the work that I was leading that is image uh, on like the best uh, were the pis and that's uh, the work on public procurement in Pakistan and so I would re- I recommended a book some papers um, some blogs I usually follow and poverty in South Asia Brookings um, this is another book that's another one I'm sorry this is a slightly longer list than you usually get fine. Um is nudge by Richard uh, rigid behavior. How do you nudge people? Uh, and so, because these are the kind of, I think, skills, no matter what profession you are in, uh, they will really be helpful. I always learn from, say, Lee. so learning from others, which is his book uh, by, and I think that really leaves you inspired. He just goes on talking so casually about, you know, oh, I'm building Nestle. Oh, I built Nestle. Oh, the next thing I did was that or the next thing, I mean, they're huge life changing projects. Um, and the way and the approach he takes, I think, uh, can inspire a lot. of you.
0: Thank you for that extensive list. Um, I will actually ping you later to get all of them because I was furiously writing down I may have missed some. But again, thank you so much for taking out the time. Maha. This was a wonderful conversation. Keep up the excellent work, the excellent data that you keep putting out, uh keep it coming. And thank you again for joining us here today.
1: Thank you so much. It was wonderful speaking to you. And I really keep very keenly really follow your blog. And I recommend everyone should also follow that and keep reading your blog as well. Thank
0: That's you. an excellent
1: source <laughs> thank, you. thank
0: you so Thank you for the office. Take care.